Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. you. Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, we love you and we appreciate you. Holy Spirit, we salute you. Your presence is tangible. Your presence is so awesome. Breathe upon the word that has been said this morning and breathe upon the word that's about to be shared this morning. And Lord, let the word come with its power. Let it come to transform. Let it come to change. And let it come to bring healing and restoration in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we know you are the author. You are the perfecter of everything. So may the word of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. So the title of my uh, word this morning is Get Plugged In. Get plugged in because your ordinary can become extraordinary. Turn to your neighbor and say, get plugged in. No, look at them and say, get plugged in. Because your ordinary can become extraordinary. I don't know if you believe that word. Your ordinary will become extraordinary in Jesus' name. Somebody who has dismissed you, they will look at you next week and say, wow, look at that person. Your ordinary will become extraordinary. And the title came because I thought about an ordinary man called Pastor Jide Lowry, who decided to leave his vocation that he studied. He studied mechanical engineering, as my daughter now says, Mech-E. I'm like, what's that? Left his, his lucrative work obeyed, and because of that, here we are. An ordinary man is now doing extraordinary things because of obedience. He is now traveling the world. So let me tell you something. If he can do it, you can do it too. Turn to your neighbor and say, if he can do it, you can do it too. Oh, it's true. You know, the reason why I'm making you people talk to yourselves is because you're prophetic. The word that's coming out of your mouth is coming with power because we said we're going to breathe upon the word. So when you're looking at your neighbor, you're giving them a prophetic word and the word will come to life in Jesus' name. So if Pastor Jida did it, believe me, you, you will do it too because that anointing that is in that man will flow and will flow through you. You receive that? Oh, I'm receiving. I'm tapping into it. My ordinary will become extraordinary. Ah, I love it. All right, I need to keep the time. Jesus have mercy. Um, so I was privileged to start to think about how to just think about a story that can get the point across. And the, point, the story that I was reading was the feeding of the 5,000, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. How many of us read it when we were in Sunday school? Right? So you know the story. If you didn't read it, we figured we'll read it again today. So we did. 
And so as I was thinking about that, and I said, wow, Pastor has done this extraordinary thing. And throughout my, my, as my talk, I'm going to link it back to Pastor Jide, because I really, I'm struck, awestruck about his level of obedience and his level of flexibility to the move of God. And so I want us to see how that relates here. So then the miracle of the 5,000, um, as I was preparing, my husband sent me this cartoon, and I thought I would share it. So if you share this cartoon with me, okay. So you see Jesus with the bread, right? And with the fish. If this was today, somebody will probably say, I can't eat that because I'm a vegan. And then somebody will probably say, has that, that fish been tested for mercury? Is that bread gluten-free? thought it was cute. You know, I have to get Deacon Robert in here somehow. So, but it's beyond just the physical, this story, I believe when Jesus shared it with his disciples, he was illustrating the fact that they will go forward to, pro to provide spiritual food to the people that they will minister to. That is what our pastor does. He takes the bread, which is the word of God, and he feeds it to us. And as he's feeding to us, there will be no leftovers. Because you're going to take what you've gained, what you've received, and you're going to go and share it. You understand? So the story is simple, but yet it's very powerful if you start to reflect on it. That we are being taught something. We're receiving something. And what we're receiving day in and day out, it's not just for us. It's not so that we can get comfortable here, but it is to take it outside everywhere and share with everybody else. So there's some key lessons that we can learn from that reading of the feeding of the 5,000. And there's seven keys that God gave me. I don't know why God gives these numbers and certain numbers. Seven is completion. So the first point that he shared with me was that our leader knows what is needed from each one of us in order to get the work done. Jesus knew what he was about to do. He already knew what was present, though the people did not see it yet. The disciples were not completely aware of what it is that Jesus was about to do, but Jesus knew. And so Jesus went in his funny mode of testing them, right? Because the Bible tells us that he was filled with compassion. And if you look at this story, this is all across all the four Gospels. I picked this particular one because I wanted to focus on a little boy in the story. Um, and if you read the other versions of the, of the Gospel, it said Jesus was moved with compassion. So that means that he knew that the people came far. They traveled. They didn't even think about their food. They were thinking about the spiritual food that they were going to eat. And when they got there, Jesus knew what was going to happen to these ones, and he prepared for them. Yet his disciples were focused on something else. Jesus wanted to make sure their, physically, their physical needs were being met as well as their spiritual needs. People of God, and when challenges come and it's a brother or sister comes to you, you just don't say, oh, I'll pray for you. You go beyond that. We have to meet their physical needs as well, too. That is what Agape House of Worship is all about. We believe that not only do I join you in prayer, but I would look for solutions for the issue because we're supposed to be a center to create solutions. Amen? That is what Jesus was concerned about. So the disciples didn't see it that way. They were like, Jesus, send these people away. 
Like, let them go figure it out. You know, because Philip looked at the crowd and was like, mm, I don't know about this. Oh, Jesus, I don't know about you, but you're going to have to figure it out. But I believe that Jesus knew what is the power that is in each of them. And that is the reason why he held off telling them fully. So the point here is that our pastor knows your gifting because God shares it with him. Do you know that? Sometimes he will challenge you to do some things and you're like, ah, pastor, how are you asking me to do this thing? Because God is talking to him. You may have a conversation and he will throw a pebble. If you're smart and you grab it, your ordinary can become extraordinary. Amen? So that's key number one. Our pastor knows. Our leader knows. Key number two says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Therefore, we got to trust. You walk by faith and not by sight. There are a lot of things and challenges in life that you're going to face. People are going to tell you, oh, it's not going to work. Oh, you can't do it that way. Never, never go based on that because you got to walk by faith. I am a firm believer that I'm not going to stop until God tells me to stop. And when there's nothing, I believe there could be something. He has given you a mouth. The Bible tells us in the beginning, the Bible says, he said, let there be light. That means that there was darkness. That means there was insufficiency. And God spoke it into being and he said, let there be light and light became. And if we're made in the image of God, therefore, if a situation presents itself, you can speak light into it. You can speak life into it and it will become. We have been given a mouth that can speak things to become. So when people ask me, how do you do it? I just say, I just speak it. And God just honors it because he's given us the authority to do so in Jesus' name. um, Philip didn't see how this thing can happen. He's like, go send these people out. Where are we going to? We won't even have enough money to buy food for these people. But Jesus knew what he was about to do. So we got to trust that God will do it. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Trust the Lord with all your heart. That whatever you have in your hand, that God will use it, and God can use it. God will use it. God will come through for you. God will enable you to go from step A to step Z. You got to come in agreement with him. You got to believe that. And that's really our challenge here today. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith and not by sight. You know, we have to understand that, comprehend that, believe that, that I do not just go based on what I see. My faith says I can say it and it will become. You understand that? What you're seeing is not complete. Now we see in part. You got to not complete it by speaking it so it becomes complete. That is what the man of God sees when he sees the potential in you. For some of you, you know, he's been counseling you and you can't believe, like, Pastor, how do you see that in me? Because God has given him that grace to see it. So, 
remember that and trust that what he tells you, it is from God himself. Key number three. In the face of, an, of a challenge of a situation, explore and consider every angle. Entertain new ideas. See, most of us get stuck. Like, oh, this is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. Well, guess what? Did you see how my brother showed up with the eye scan thing today? Some of us are like, oh, no, I don't do that. Well, try it. You might like it. For some people, try new foods. You might like it. That's how, this is my preference. This is how I am. No, as a child of God, there's more. There is more. You know, entertain new ideas. Agape House of Worship, we have a challenge. We cannot be comfortable where we are right now. This seat must be filled with people. There is more. So in a face, if you are at work and there's a challenge that has come, don't stop. Keep thinking. Keep thinking. What can else, how can else can I do it differently? What else can I do? Right? Keep thinking. Consider new ideas. Talk to people. Go around and say, what do you think about that? Every person. Sometimes, you know what? The person you're ignoring that you don't think might have the answer, might be the one that will have the answer. Because God wants to challenge you to rise about, above that. So don't discount. Even the children, don't discount them. I've gone into a habit of having students around me. I'm privileged to teach um, six-year PharmD students. And when they come around, I'm asking questions. Because I want to know what's, what's going on in, with, with technology. That's how you keep up. And I ask, what do you think? How can we do this? Why? Because you want to consider new ideas. In our ministry, we should be looking for fresh ideas. Freshness. That's what we need. It can't be the old way. You cannot put new wine in old wine skin. That's for somebody here today. The way you've been doing it, it ain't working. Move on. Step over. Try something new. That's a word for somebody. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says, Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Do not despise small beginnings. God has given you an idea for ministry work. Please share with Pastor. Nothing is insignificant. For someone here, God has given you a, a, a business idea. But you're like, ah, I don't know how this thing will even work out. I'm here to tell you, God is saying, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. He said, I'm sending you destiny helpers. He said, if you don't move, you will not see it happen. God said, go for it. Go for it. Did you get the testimony that our sister shared earlier? 
Pastor B said a word, and the word was confirmed. Some of us, we don't move because you say, God, how the how? God says, I'm, you're not in the business to know the how. Just move. I would do it. Have I not said it? I would do it. Key number four, be willing to give up your lunch. Turn to your neighbor and say, be willing to give up your lunch. Hey. Sister Dalapa, are you willing to give up your lunch? <laughs> There's some people I know them by name. They know if I call on them, they're cool. Hey. Hmm. This one is hard, though. Ha. Hey, Jesus. How am I going to give up this lunch? Ha. Are you ready to give your last out? <laughs> <laughs> it's challenging for somebody you're like I'm not giving it up God told you earlier this morning give that money to that person you're like Jesus but if I give it what am I going to eat he said give it give it up because your hand is like this right now you're clutching you're struggling as soon as you release it the blessings coming it's coming it's coming it's coming. Receive it for somebody. It's coming. It's coming. Release that. Release that. Release that. Release that. Your ordinary is about to become extraordinary. But you have to release it for it to become extraordinary. You understand? You can't go from here to here. You got to release. For someone, you have some really brilliant ideas. But you don't want to share it because you think people will steal your ideas. God says, the place where those ideas came from is like a, a flood. You release it, he'll draw more in. You are, you are in a setting where he's going to download more ideas. You just need to just throw it out there. Don't hold on to it. He'll give you more. And for somebody, it's a test. If you let it go, he'll give you something even bigger. He will give you something bigger because he's about to do it. It's a year of the outpouring. Therefore, he does not give a word and it does not return back to him void. It comes and it does not go back. It has to flow through. It's going to flow through you in Jesus' name. So the boy gave up his lunch. Six, uh, John 6 verse 9. I was really impressed with this young boy. How in God's name was this only boy who thought to bring his lunch? That means he has a very smart mother. <laughs> right, Pastor B? You know how that goes. You pack everything. If you ever need anything, Pastor B has it in a bag. If you've ever been around, she has it all. I'm like, how does this woman of God remember everything? God bless you, woman of God. But this boy went prepared. That is amazing. So do not despise the little ones that are walking around here. There are some prophets among us. That boy came with five small barley loaves and two fish. And they're like, how far would this go? You know, God loves a cheerful giver. That boy willingly gave up his lunch. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2 and 3, the Bible tells us, out of the most severe trial, 
their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. You know, overflowing. This young man gave it up willingly, not begrudgingly. If you find that you're struggling releasing, the prayer point right now is, God, give me a willing heart. I don't want to do anything out of compulsion. Pastor Judy does not want you to serve out of compulsion. Do it out of joy. Because there's power in joy. There is refreshment in joy. So do it out of joy. And that's what Paul was admonishing the Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 12, the Bible says, if, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. So give it up, but do it joyfully so that it will become acceptable. Therefore, as we've been sharing with you to be a blessing to the man of God, do it joyfully. Do it in a way that is honorable. Don't do it begrudgingly. If you feel compulsed, please keep it. Because it's actually a curse. You want to bless the man of God. But the whole time you're blessing him, if you're clutching it, that has no power. And that's why it's a curse. But when you release it, and it's not how much you give him, it's the thought that counts. If you wrote him a note, that will even be more. You understand? But we are saying, do it out of love. Because that's what honors him. We've been instructed that it is what we do as a duty in response for the blessing of being in this house. So we bless Pastor Gide for what he does. Key number five. Ah, the miracle is in giving thanks to God. You know, in the feeding of the 5,000, it was a miracle. The miracle occurred because Jesus lifted up the bread and gave thanks. That is the miracle. When the songwriter says, I will raise a hallelujah in the presence, what is it? It's because I'm saying, God, I bless you even in the midst of my troubles. God, I thank you for who you are, regardless of what I'm going through. I bless you, God. And that is the miracle of going from being in despair to having a place of peace. Because the Bible says in Philippians, when my sister quoted it earlier this morning, I knew that God was in the midst of this. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But you, did you notice that as you go into that scripture, he says, with prayer and supplication, but what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the hook to go from ordinary to extraordinary. If you don't give thanks, the miracle ain't going to happen. Praise and thanksgiving, it is crucial to going from A to Z. There's work involved. Jesus always gave thanks to his father. In Matthew eleven twenty five, he was just teaching the, the, the children um, of Israel, and he was making the point that there were some towns 
that were refusing to hear the word of God. And the Bible says, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed it to the babes. Jesus was in constant communication with his Father. We have the precious Holy Spirit so we can always. But anytime, one of the things that I have found that helps me to be able to stay grounded is when the enemy starts bombarding negative thoughts, I immediately start praising God and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Like, the moment I open my mouth, the thoughts get blocked. Because I'm doing something active, whereas when you're quiet, it's passive. So the enemy will flood. Like, oh, that, I just see, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, your mind comes back into order. Thanksgiving was the key to the miracle. If you think about the account of Lazarus, right, in John chapter 11, around verse 41, the Bible says Jesus instructed the, um, the people to move the, the door from the cave, right, the tomb. And the first thing he said was, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you're al you always hear me, and I've said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so they may believe that you sent me. Jesus recognizes the value of saying thank you, Lord. We have to say thank you, Jesus. If you know Pastor, he's a passionate man who praises, worships, and thanksgiving is the key. Why does the Bible say enter into his presence with thanksgiving? You're going into the place where miracles occur. So the passcode is, thank you, Jesus. I'm taking my ordinary, and I'm coming to you, and I'm going to leave with the extraordinary. Because the passcode is thanksgiving. Amen? That is part of the miracle. Key number six says, your ordinary will become extraordinary, and nothing will be wasted. Jesus fed all these people, and there were scraps. So I believe that, this is my interpretation, as soon as that thing touched your mouth, it just something happened in your body, and they were filled. Then they can pass it on to the next person. So in the passing on to the next person, to the next person is what created the scraps. That is what miracle, it's a miracle that occurred. And this morning when she was singing the song, you know, miracle worker, promise keeper. The Lord was saying, there are miracles that are coming. And I saw a woman whose womb had been closed. And the womb turned. And all of a sudden, it's like it's ripe for baby to form. Miracles are happening. Miracles are happening. So what is it that you're trusting God for? The Lord says, open your hands. And the miracle is going to occur. Because you're taking it in thanksgiving. That is for somebody. Receive it in Jesus' name. Your ordinary will become extraordinary because the miracle is coming. Miracle is coming. Miracle is coming. It made me think about the woman, the widow, who went to Elisha. And the Bible says she, her husband has served the Lord and served him, and he passed and left her with creditors. Whoa, that's not fair. So you know what she did? She marched up to Pastor Jide. Pastor, 
seriously. We got to do something about this. In 2 Kings, it's, time is going, so I won't be able to go into an entirety, but it's so powerful. Go home and read it. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 and 7. The Bible says, the wife of a man from the company of prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. Now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Turn to your neighbor and say empty jars. He says, don't just ask for few. Ha! Wow. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars and ask each his field, put it to the side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her son. They brought the jars to her. She kept pouring. She kept pouring. She kept pouring. And when the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's no jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your son can live on what is left. I trust that somebody, you are at your wit's end, that the Lord says, this story is for you. Go, go to your neighbor. Say, I have a need for your car. Can you be bold enough to go say that? You may be surprised because maybe God had been talking to them about buying a new car, and they're wondering, ha, this is for somebody. They're wondering, what should I do with this car? You never know. You never know. That was actually a personal testimony. Years ago, before we bought the monstrosity of a truck that I love driving, we had just um, finished paying off our van, minivan, and I was like, just when we were finishing, we decided that, well, okay, we, how can we dispose of this car? Just then, I didn't also know that somebody else was also praying for a car. And the Lord placed us into the heart. There was an exchange, and the marriage happened, which is they got the new car. We also got a new car. That is what I'm saying. You never know what need you're going to meet. You, when you have the need, you also can be a blessing to somebody. Amen? The man of God told her, and she obeyed. There is something to be said about obedience, which is what brings me to my last key. Signs and wonders will accompany the act of obedience. The Bible says in verse 14, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who came into the world. So think about the fact that God loves to make things show. He wants to show off. And, but he needs you and I to be obedient. He needs you and I to release our lunch. He needs you and I to say thank you. Signs and wonders accompanying will accompany your gospel. So as I try to start to round up, and I have 17 seconds, your ordinary can become extraordinary when at Agape House you plug into what God is doing. Pastor loves it when we attend Bible study, so come to Bible study. He loves it when you join a prayer line, right, Sister Tokes? <laughs> so let's be committed to spiritual growth. Make it your personal commitment that I will commit to growing. Spiritual growth is important. You can plug into what God is doing by giving. There's a number of opportunities to give. Um, we were told that the um, pack a whole bag. 
See, I'm getting pointers. I know. Pack a whole bag. We got an email that we're halfway there. We need you to donate $30, roughly, if you can't pack a bag. Why? Your $30 is a lifeline for a child in Uganda. That is how you give up your lunch. It will honor the man of God, knowing that his people have been obedient. You can also sponsor somebody to go to the Uganda trip. If you can't go, your money can't go. If you can't go, let your money walk with you. Send a missionary. It could be $20. It could be $50. It could be $100. You can sponsor an entire person. Believe me, God will honor what you do if you do it. Second point I want to raise is also this. Plug into the understanding that your talent and your gifting is not just for you. It is supposed to be for the solution for the world. There are scientists in here. There are business people in here. I want to announce to you, wherever you find yourself professionally, you ain't done yet. There's certifications to get. Some, some of you need to go get your master's degree, your PhD, your doctorate. Don't worry about the student loan. God will take care of it. Because the Lord says there's more. You have been called to greatness. We're Christ's workmanship created in, in advance to do good works. Amen? So what's stopping you from doing more? Don't get comfortable. I know if it's comfortable, uncomfortable right now because the Lord wants me to tell you. If you start to feel the heat because he wants you to get up, do something with that degree. If you've been exhausted at your job and you don't like it, get a new one. So you can be excited about it. So I will tell you this. Your ordinary life can become extraordinary because you work a life of complete radical obedience. Please rise with me as we ask the Lord to release his blessing in this place right now. Father, in 